Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. As we conclude our journey through the circle of the seven churches of Revelation 2 and 3, the souvenirs we can take with us are the main messages to each church. The church in Ephesus taught us that if we lose our love for God and each other, it doesn't matter how well you're doing with everything else. Love is everything. Smyrna encouraged us to persevere through persecution and hardship. Pergamon taught us to guard against bad teachings coming from outside the church, while Thyatira taught us to guard against bad teachings coming from leadership inside the church. Sardis reminded us that we can't rely on past successes. We need to depend on Jesus' Holy Spirit to do great things now. In Philadelphia, we were reminded that love opens doors to share the good news. Today, we will find out from the church of Laodicea that we shouldn't think we can do everything using our own wisdom or strength. We always have to depend on Jesus. We may be at the end, but as with most things in the book of Revelation, the end is really just the beginning. Hi there, family. How are you doing? I am at the beautiful Grove Park in the packing district of Orlando, downtown Orlando. It is beautiful here. And what's amazing is this is exactly where we're going to be doing our Connected 2023 event on October 28th. So if you're watching this before one o'clock on Saturday the 28th, Sabbath, I hope that you'll go ahead and make sure that you come down here because it's a beautiful place and there's gonna be just some amazing things happening with our Connected event. That Connected event is supporting Four Roots and their fantastic uh, organization where they look out for food insecurity. They try to help people who have food insecurity. And so this event's uh, supporting that. We're gonna be supporting their uh, Sprout Run and their Harvest Festival. So again, hope you can make it down here. And if, you, you know, if you're watching this after October 28, 2023, that's okay. You can still be of service wherever you're at. Now, you may uh, know that we're doing a seven-part series on the Churches of Revelation. And this week is our final sermon. It's on the Church of Laodicea. And you'll remember that every week we've had a secret word that you were supposed to be keeping track of. And if 
for some reason you didn't, that's okay. We have all of these sermons on video, so you can go back and you can go ahead and find those sermons. You can look for the secret word. But at the end of today's sermon, be sure to pay attention after it's over because we're going to have a special message that gives you the information on how to submit those seven words and collect that prize, how you can be victorious, how you can uh, claim the victory uh, and get that prize that we have offered for all the people who got all seven words. And really, you know, isn't that kind of fitting? Because Revelation really is all about victory. It's about God's victory. It's got about God being victorious and how we, his children, are victorious as well. So don't forget to go ahead and uh, turn in uh, those words and, and you can go ahead and be victorious and claim that prize. Now, every week we have had a really cool video at the beginning of our sermon that's kind of explained a little bit more about the book of Revelation, giving you some more details. And the amazing person who's been doing the voiceover for that is Ruby Pominowski. And I thought, you know, it's great to hear somebody's voice, but wouldn't it be even more fun to go ahead and see Ruby? So I asked Ruby this week if she would read the message to Laodicea. And remember, every week we've gone ahead and done that together. We've read it out loud. So as Ruby reads it this week, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, to join her and read out loud. It doesn't matter that you may be home alone. Just read along with Ruby. Hey, Ruby, can you read that to us now? Thanks, Ken. Revelation 3:14 through 22 from the New American Standard Bible reads, To the angel of the church in Laodicea writes, The Amen, the faithful, and the true witness. The origin of the creation of God says this, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have no need of anything and that you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I salve to apply to your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him, and he with me, the one who overcomes. I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat with my father on his throne, to the one that has an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Thank you. Thank you, Ruby, and thank you for reading along. As you notice, Jesus begins by identifying himself as the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the origin of the creation of God. To paraphrase what Jesus is saying, I am the truth that you can depend on because I'm the creator. So listen to me so that you'll know what's true. Jesus is introducing himself as a truth teller, and this is exactly what the church of Laodicea needs. They have a massive self-analysis problem. They think everything's fine when it isn't. Uh, and Ken, uh, sorry, we got a cut. You got a little something on your face. There. It's called a nose. Um, <laughs> we need to keep rolling. Let's um, just keep rolling. But no, no, I know you have a nose, but um, there, there's a little, 
something. I don't I see anything, here. Stanley. I think. Oh, here, look, look. You got something. Oh wow! Thank you. Do you uh, well, let me see if I can. Uh, okay. Let's see if I can take it. This off. is this is not my mirror. Um, hold on. Uh, here, let's try oh. something a little better okay. than a mirror. I still probably that need that really mirror though. Oh, okay. That, so. Yeah, you might need it. That's true. Okay. Let's see. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I think right, I got, there we go. Does got that look it. Good? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, any other ones? All right, you got no, it. No, I think that's good. All right, all right. Thank you. Here we go. Let's roll. Let's roll. Okay. All right. You know, water is important, isn't it? In fact, it's vital. We can use it for cleaning, for hydration, for healing. The city of Laodicea had a water problem. They didn't have a water source. Laodicea actually had to build an aqueduct to pipe their water in. The aqueduct ran from hot springs that were around five miles away. By the time the water arrived at Laodicea, it wasn't hot anymore. It was lukewarm. And to make matters even worse, it was mineral heavy, giving it a terrible taste. So when Jesus, through John, writes to Laodicea, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. The symbolism would have been especially, it would have especially resonated with them. They would have understood why lukewarm, mineral-heavy water would make someone want to vomit it out. Like the church in Sardis, Laodicea receives no commendation, only rebuke. In fact, Laodicea appears to receive the strongest rebuke because it is in the worst spiritual state of all the churches. Jesus' displeasure is amplified even further because if you lived in Laodicea, you would have known something else. You would have known that Laodicea was part of a tri-city region. The other two cities that made up the tri-cities were Hierapolis and Colossae. The three cities were also closely religiously tied as the Christian church had been started in all three of those cities by a preacher named Epaphras. In fact, in Paul's letter to Colossae, the New Testament book of Colossians, Paul asked that they share his letter with Laodicea. You can see that in Colossians 4.16. While Laodicea was known for its nasty, lukewarm water, Hierapolis and Colossae were also known for their water. Hierapolis had hot springs that were renowned for their healing properties. People in the region would flock to the city to soak in the healing waters. Colossae, on the other hand, was at the base of Mount Cadmus and had an abundant year-round supply of cold drinking water. Now, if you've ever drunk cold mountain water, and I have growing up in the mountains of North Carolina, you know just how refreshing and thirst-quenching it is. Xenophon, a Greek philosopher, wrote that hot water was useful for washing, cold water for drinking, but lukewarm? Well, Xenophon said that lukewarm in his time and his place was only good for giving to household slaves. If you lived in Laodicea, you could hear Jesus saying, you aren't healing the world around me, you aren't sharing me the water of life with those who are thirsty, and since you are not useful, I am going to vomit you out. This would have frustrated you because you would have thought, just like I did with my face, you would have thought that you were doing just fine. The Laodiceans thought their church was fantastic. Jesus says that the Laodicean church's attitude was, I am rich and have become wealthy and have no need of anything. This was an attitude that mirrored the city that they lived in. In AD 60, a terrible earthquake caused huge damage in the region, and Rome offered financial assistance to the cities in the area. However, Laodicea turned down Rome's assistance, their financial assistance. They turned it down and used their own money to rebuild. They used their own resources. They didn't take a dime from Rome. This was absolutely unheard of then just as it would be now if a devastating hurricane hit Florida and Orlando is like, no thanks, we don't need help from FEMA, we'll do this ourselves. 
understandably Laodicea had a reputation for being self-sufficient and arrogant. Laodicea's biggest problem, however, was that they incorrectly assessed themselves spiritually. Jesus tells them, you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and eye salve to apply to your eyes so that you may see. The city of Laodicea was especially known for three things. It's profitable financial institutions, it's clothing manufacturing, and for creating a special eye salve that was sold all over the known world. Interestingly, Jesus offers the Church of Laodicea all the things their city was known for. He offers his riches, his clothing, and his eye salve. Jesus essentially says, your best isn't even close to my best. In addition, Jesus offers to refine them. Refining implies high heat that removes impurities from metal. Jesus was letting them know that comfort was not their friend that what they needed was to allow Jesus to give them the discomfort they needed to grow into something that was useful for his kingdom. A problem arises from self-sufficiency, and that problem is that you don't realize that you need help. The Laodiceans had a problem with self-analysis. They thought, like Sardis, that they were doing a great job of taking care of themselves. Because they lived comfortable lives, they didn't rely on Jesus. In our Christian walk, we will always need Jesus no matter what our material condition is. We can't be self-sufficient spiritually and call ourselves Christians. Another of the problems that I've noticed with self-sufficiency is that it often means I need to hoard resources. What I mean by that is that if I believe I have to take care of myself, it leaves me a lot less willing to give freely because I might need what I'm giving for myself later. On the other hand, if I have a rich benefactor that I know I can turn to and who will always meet my needs, I'm much more likely to give freely. Laodicea's real crime is that they aren't following Jesus' great commandment to love God with all their heart and to love their neighbor as themselves. Since Laodicea gets the worst rebuke of all the churches, you would expect some serious consequences if they don't shape up. Instead, Jesus reminds them of his love for them. Jesus tells them that his discipline is for their good. Like a loving parent, he provides discipline so the child can grow into a productive citizen. Jesus goes one step further. He provides one of the greatest honors and signs of affection in that time and that place. Eating in somebody's home was a huge sign of affection and acceptance. Jesus asked them simply to hear his knock and let him join them. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus says to Laodicea, If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. To the worst of the churches, to the church least able to take care of themselves, even though they don't realize they can't take care of themselves, Jesus doesn't shun them. Rather, Jesus embraces them. Jesus doesn't remove himself, he gives himself. Jesus shows his deep love by showing up for a meal with a church that was completely unworthy of that honor. That's the love and grace of Jesus. Jesus coming to your home and eating a meal with you 
Sounds like a reward. But Jesus actually had an even bigger reward. Revelation 3, 21 and 22 say, the one who overcomes, that Nike word for victorious, I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat with my father on his throne. If Laodicea is victorious, Jesus lets them sit with him on his throne. It's the ultimate gesture of love and trust. Picture a king or queen inviting their child to sit with them on their throne as they rule. It's a striking picture of love and warmth. It's a striking picture of the kingdom to come. It symbolizes that that child is a ruler too. In telling Laodicea that if they're victorious, they'll sit with him on his throne, Jesus is telling a group of people who are currently self-sufficient, terrible at self-analysis, and lacking in actionable love, that if they can overcome through him, they will rule with him. That's incredible. You may wonder why I didn't save this sermon for the Sabbath after our Connected event. Why we didn't just have it back at our church building? Well, the reason is because I believe this is the perfect sermon to have on a day when we're going out to connect with our community. Self-sufficiency is best cured by service. As we serve, we can see that we are the hands and feet of Jesus meeting the needs of our neighbors, but that we must also allow ourselves to be served. It's our opportunity to be refined, to be uncomfortable in a good way. Wherever and whenever you're viewing this, I hope you'll set aside time regularly for service. We want to be the hot healing water in the world and the refreshing cold water that shares Jesus, the living water. When we allow Jesus, the healing water, the refreshing water of life to flow through us, we will have the victory and the reward of reigning with Jesus throughout all eternity. Family, that's what it means to be victorious. And I know that we can learn from Laodicea that the victory can be ours. I love you, family. Go love your world. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians. All focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening and have a great week.